dust and breath me on Welcome to This Good Word, where every week we look at one single word in an endless discovery of reclaiming what's holy about our humanity. My name is Steve Weens. I'm a pastor, I'm a writer, and I'm a father of three crazy boys. My hope with this podcast is to create an environment where you can continually discover who you actually are in the world. So feel free to check out my website at steveweens.com, S-T-E-V-E-W-I-E-N-S.com, where you can find links to my blog, to purchase my book, which is called Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life, and also links to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Well, here we are, gang. Uh, episode 39 on This Good Word. And the word this week is beloved mess. <laughs> no, that's not a typo. I didn't mispronounce that. Beloved mess. So I want to talk about a thing that happened to me while I was composing a tweet. An autocorrect thing that spurred me on to think about a whole category of people that maybe need to hear a radical message today. So that day is today. It's coming at you. It's radical. At least I think it is. And we're going there. Uh, First of all, though, I want to give a shout out to my friends Cameron and Christy from Brisbane, Australia. And I think that's how you pronounce it, Brisbane. It's not Brisbane, is it? I mean, that sounds so American, like an American way of saying it. So someone down under that's listening, please give me the correct pronunciation, whether it's Brisbane or not. If it is not, please correct me on Twitter or somewhere. Uh, If it is, give me a big shout out. Give me a high five. Give me something. Anyway, Cameron and Christy, uh, they got in touch with me because they wanted to read Beginnings and they wanted to have a physical copy of it in their physical hands to read. They're one of those people, which I love. And in Australia, Amazon, you you cannot get the physical copy of my book. You can only get the Kindle. So uh, we arranged for Cameron and Christy to get a couple of copies of Autographed Books of Beginnings. And they just got it. And they sent me a lovely note. And so I just want to say, from Minneapolis, Minnesota to Brisbane, Australia... We're in it together, my friends. Uh, And Cameron and Christy, who knows? I mean, I have this funky, crazy dream that someday my my travels will take me to Brisbane and I will be able to say hello to you. We might hoist one together in a local tavern and we will celebrate life together. So that's that. That's the big shout out. Okay, uh, autocorrect. (laughs) Let's talk about autocorrect for a second. So my belief now after being in the in the typing on thumbs on smartphones world for a while now is that autocorrect 
is the maddening, hilarious, and universal sign that perhaps we as a global community are in desperate need of some comic relief. Can I get an amen on that one, right? I mean, yes, it's maddening. Yes, it's kind of, but isn't it hilarious sometimes, right? So today, I was typing, I was trying to type thank you, but instead of thank you, it came up as the sky lit. I'm like, what? What is the skylit? And have I ever typed that ever before? I've typed thank you approximately 14 billion times. Uh, well, maybe not 14 billion. I mean, that would be ridiculous. I'm not that grateful. Um, but the skylit, I don't think I've said once. Anyway, and you can, there's a number of hilarious websites that you can look at if you type in hilarious autocorrects you're going to see some really really funny stuff but uh, a couple of days ago actually it was Sunday I was tweeting something and I was trying to type the word belovedness which I'm not even sure if it's a real word or not but I was saying it to the in the context of preachers I'm a preacher I'm a pastor and for most of us pastors on Sunday night and Monday morning we go through this what we call what some people call uh, pastoral hangover, wherein you you go, oh my goodness, I said that, oh my goodness, I, I said that in that way, with that tone, what was I thinking, I'm going to get emails, I'm going to get letters, and or I'm just so embarrassed that that's a part of my life, and that's just, that's real a real regular part of our Monday, in case you didn't know that. So I wanted to tweet something out to my fellow pastors, and it was basically like, hey, whatever happened yesterday, whether it was glorious, awesome, amazing, or horrible, horrendous, you want to crawl into a hole and die, rest in the fact that you are beloved. Rest in your belovedness that God likes you and loves you. And when I when I tried to type belovedness, it came out beloved mess. <laughs> beloved mess. And I immediately loved that because most of the time if I'm honest I am a lot more messy than I come across maybe or than I allow myself to be seen as my inner world is pretty jumbled pretty insecure not all that together um, and so it's pretty messy and there is there was just this immediate lightning bolt what if I could be as messy as I really am for real and still be beloved? Last week I posted something on my blog and I, I really hesitated whether or not to post it, but it really felt honest and it felt like something I wanted to do and even needed to do. And it was about my disappointment um, for some of the sales numbers of my book. And even saying that, you could tell some of the shame that is associated with, with that feeling. But basically, I said, you know, I, I thought it was going to do this in terms of numbers of sales. And it's, quote unquote, only done this. And to be quite honest, it's done, it's done fine. It's done well. But it, it really hasn't hit the number that I thought it would be at this time. Okay, there you go. And so I wrote a post about it. And I wrote about how self-aggrandizing that is and how embarrassing that is and how sort of that brings up all kinds of shame in me that I would be so shallow as to really care that much about that when I've had emails and texts and tweets from people who 
are really loving the book and for some even like saving their life changing their life i mean just i've i've heard some really really encouraging things but um because for some unknown reason probably associated with some deep childhood wound my most important metric is sales it's not and i mean i say that and and i hope you hear my embarrassment and shame in that right I, I want to be in the place where the biggest metric is an email, a text, whatever. And there's a part of me that really believes that, that, you know, it's it's the lives that matter. But there, but, but, but there is a messy, this is the point, a messy, egotistical, self-aggrandizing, melodramatic, magnomaniacal, <laughs> it's not even a word. Oh, anyway. Uh, part of me that just cares a whole lot more about the sales rank. And I think there's a part of me that just wants to stand up on a shoe, on a soapbox and say, you know what? Here I am. That's part of me. That's the messy part of me. And even as I'm saying the word shame about a million times, I'm also going to just boldly declare that that part of me, that messy self-aggrandizing part of me is beloved. That part of me God loves just as much as the part of me that is selfless and sacrificing and loving. God loves that part of me, but God also loves the messy part of me. God loves the part of me that I chuckle and wince and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that that is me too. And that's, if it's true for me, it's true for you. So like, maybe you're a mother of six. <laughs> I can't believe it if you are. Mother of six, because we're a mother, you know, I'm a father of three, Mary's a mother of three, and we're going out of our minds with stress most of the time. But if you're a mother of six, mother of three, mother of one, doesn't matter. And perhaps you are feeling like, holy mama, my life is nuts and I'm eating way too much chocolate and I am yelling way too much at myself and at my husband or wife or my kids. And my life is not what I thought it would be at this point. And it's really actually quite messy. Um, maybe it's time to stand up on a soapbox and say, I am loved by God in that mess, in that faulty, weird egotistical, sinful place that I am when I'm at my best. That in fact, the economy of God does not go by whether or not we're acting self-sacrificially and selflessly versus we are when we are filled with ourselves and narcissistic. Does God care about that? Sure. Does God help us transform over time? Yes. Amen and thank God for that. But in terms of our belovedness, in terms of the way that God cherishes us, the way that God loves us, likes us, thinks we're rascals, gets a delightful look on God's face when God thinks about us, then I really think there is no difference of whether or not we're completely messy, messed up, screwed up, or whether or not we're at our moment of most magnanimous selflessness. We can be beloved messes. And so to that auto-correct, 
I say thank you. So here's the thing, person who just lost his job and maybe was maybe it was your fault. Uh, you were you deserve to be fired because you did something really really wrong. You are beloved. You're a beloved mess. You're just as beloved now as you were at your greatest day of achievement in the job realm, according to God. And I don't know how this is coming across. Maybe this is coming across like flippantly to you or like some big jumbled cliche. But all I know how to say is after 20 years of pastoral ministry, I mean 20 years of working with people, uh, 21 years now, good Lord, 21 years, I am convinced that what most people need most of the time is a reminder that God loves them, not as they should be, but as they actually are. And most of the time, how they actually are is pretty messy. So, guy who just fell off the wagon and is experiencing the shame of that, here's what's true. You are loved when you are horrifyingly drunk the same way as when you are sober and helping sponsor another alcoholic. Is one way destructive and one way healthy? Sure. But when it comes to your belovedness, your belovedness does not, is not by God, is not determined by the, whether or not you're living in a state of grace or a state of disgrace right now. And that is the gospel. That is what's truest about God and truest about you. Woman who can't stop overeating and maybe binges and purges, here's the deal. You are a beloved mess. You are loved by God exactly the same way in your moment of disgrace as you are in your moment of grace. When you are winning the battle and when you are losing the battle, you are loved by God. And there is nothing that can change that. You are a beloved mess. Okay, pastor whose church is small and shrinking uh, and you feel so much shame about it. You've tried so hard. You've tried changing your preaching. You've tried praying. You've tried fasting. You've tried everything, and it is the biggest blow to your ego. Uh, you are a beloved mess. You are loved by God. And I want to say whether or not your church is big or small, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's like, the, you know, some big churches are terrible. Some small churches are terrible. Some big churches are wonderful. Some small churches are wonderful. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is how you feel about yourself as a result of it. And pastors, you know I'm talking to you because I am one and I'm feeling every feeling that you're feeling gang over the course of 21 years. Here's the thing in your, in your most narcissistic egotistical moment, you are beloved just as much as when you are in your most self sacrificial moment, when you're at your most loving and when you're at your least loving, your belovedness by God does not change. That is a beautiful truth. Uh, the mess, in fact, is a great place that you can meet with God and meet with yourself. When you get to the point where you stop hiding the mess and when you stop pretending the mess isn't there, when, the, when your mess 
is no longer a source of shame when it's a source of a meeting place with the divine, with God, with the one who knows you, then it can become a place of transformation where you no longer see your primary identity as a place of mess. You see it instead as a place where you can connect with God, where you can be redeemed by God and restored by God. So, you know, what about if this week when you felt yourself sliding into the wash of shame because of your messiness, what about if you just had this defiant up on a soapbox chant that I am a beloved mess, that this is the very place that I can meet God and meet myself and become more whole. Not from the place of having it all together, not from the place of reacting perfectly to every stumbling block that comes your way, not from the place of perfectionism, but being present to your messiness and to the fact that God is unbelievably in love and in like with you. So my friends, that came to me because of autocorrect. (laughs) I hope it helped you. Um, I'm trying to lean into it. I'm trying to lean into the fact that I can be messy and not have to be perfect. And it's a journey for me. But I'm choosing that, gang. I'm choosing that. I've had it with perfectionism and defining myself by my successes. That's so boring. And it'll just never work. I mean, if your strategy for happiness is having to succeed at everything and having to make sure everyone's really pleased with every single comment that you say, then your happiness will be located entirely outside of yourself. And it's completely unstable. As Richard Rohr says, it's completely unstable. So let's, let's, let's trade that for an internal connection with the sustainer, creator, and redeemer of the universe who actually has, has the power to define you as beloved. And that, my friends, that, my friends, preaches. So we are in it together, gang. We're human and we're holy. We're dust and we're breath. We're limited and limitless. And we're in it together. So great to be with you. Let me know. Uh, let me know. Uh, let You know what? No, you don't need to let me know. <laughs> I'm just a kiss. just occurring to me. You don't need to let me know. Um, if this podcast is helping you, you just you just whisper a big, huge thank you to the universe, a big, huge thank you to God, and that is enough. All right, gang, see you next week. Grace and peace.